witches. Long time no post. It's been a hot second since you have heard the dulcet tones of me and whichever guest I uh, bring on. Uh, This episode is actually uh, pre-recorded. It's from a couple of weeks ago. Um, But I am excited to say that I am back on it. And there will hopefully be a new episode of Bitchcraft and Misogyny every Friday uh, going forward. And I'm also super excited uh, to say that this here, this, you know, little homegrown podcast has its own website now. Um, it is bcraftandmisogyny.com. Uh, so the letter B, craftandmisogyny.com. Uh, so it would mean a lot if you went uh, over there and checked that out. Yeah, I, I also hope that you're all well. There's been some horrendous news, some hopeful news, and then some terrifying news. Um, so, you know, I hope that you are all well and taking care of yourselves. Um, and I hope that you enjoy this episode with Nathaniel. I am not smart enough. My voice doesn't matter. <laughs> Want to talk about Iran? <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck no. I would literally rather die. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Hello and welcome to Bitchcraft and misogyny, the podcast that is now free of its academic restraints because I have turned it in officially, and I'm just keeping it going because, you know, I give the people what they want. Um, (laughs) Today, I am chatting with uh, Nathaniel, who is an internet friend um, and is just, like, a really cool person. Honestly, like, fuck him for being as cool as he is. (laughs) Oh my god. Two years younger than me. It's like, god damn it. I hate you youths. Um <laughs> youths? but yeah, no, uh we met over I don't know how, but like on the internet on Tumblr. I don't remember how, but um yeah, that's Nathaniel. And if you wanted to like say a little bit about yourself, you can also go for it. Yeah, I'm an internet cryptid, and uh, what I like to think is a nice persona. I basically put my thoughts out there, and people just have to live with them. (laughs) And my poems, those are there too, also. Yeah, yes. Uh, Again, fuck you for your talent. Um, Thanks for doing my best. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we'll just like get started with some questions. Uh, So to sort of kick things off, um, what's kind of the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask you to talk about either identity in general or your identity specifically? Um, first reaction is probably blind panic, but uh, <laughs> aside from that... Wow, a mood. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I feel like people, whenever somebody asks me about, you know, my identity it always feels like a kind of coded question means that they don't know how to figure me out. So I always get really nervous when people ask me that question. But as for myself, um, recently I've been trying to do less uh, categorizing and labeling 
I've been trying to look at myself as like a complete human being instead of just a bunch of different minority statuses because I am kind of the apex minority and I do not enjoy that. But um, yeah, I like to think of myself as more of a whole and complete person, which is new. So (laughs) Uh, if that's kind of like a new development, how were you kind of looking at it before? Were you just being like, like how I frequently do with people where I'm like, I'm a woman. Also, I'm cis. Also, I'm white. Also, I'm bi. Also, (laughs) yeah. Well, that's the worst part. The worst part is that I like, you know, those Tumblr bios that are like, yeah, let me list all of my stuff right off the bat and deal with that. Like, um, which like, I get the importance of them and totally. Yeah. Why people have them, but it also can be like a little reductive, but anyway, please. Totally. Like, I mean, I have an about page and stuff where people can look me up, but I don't want to put that stuff right next to my name you know anymore I don't want to put that forward and have that be the first thing people know about me is all the different ways I'm different you know so yeah I used to be like I mean it kind of sucks because it's a kind of twofold question like do you introduce people to all the different facets of yourself immediately and then weed out the ones who are going to have a problem or do you like let it unfold slowly as a friendship grows so you don't know how people are going to react, but it feels more natural and organic. Yeah. Um, you know, I frequently, um, because I, because you tricked me into getting Tinder. Yeah, fuck uh, you. I knew you needed to do it. <laughs> uh, uh, I just like frequently am just like, hi, I'm Emily. Here's a fun opener, whatever. Um, also, what's your like stance on Marxism? <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> it's like I'm very much in the space of just like weeding people out. Currently, yeah, but yeah. Like I get where people are. I don't know. I feel like for like me personally, I am just like I can't be super visible like with where I am. Mm-hmm. And so like whenever I get the opportunity to be or even if I just like can't be like directly confrontational or anything Mm. it's easy to like slip those like questions in where it's like um so it'll be be like a super benign question but the way that people answer it it'll be like oh okay so i need to like yeah 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 reevaluate my expectation for you (laughs) i know i try to work in that i'm jewish pretty fast in there because i mean living in the midwest right now and I've been living in California where it had been a complete non-issue before. <laughs> yeah, Iowa sucks. <laughs> Welcome to the Bible Belt. <laughs> yeah, uh, fuck this, actually. I'm living in a pretty... Excuse me, um, but no. Living in a pretty liberal city. Like, Iowa City is pretty okay in general. But uh, there are some people who have some pretty yikes ideas that I'm now having to cope with. And have you always kind of um, had... Is is being Jewish something that, like, frequently comes up pretty, like... Honestly, okay, it hadn't been until I moved here. Now, part of that was because I, like, went to a Jewish high school, like, a complete nerd. I did do that thing. I did go to a small, small-ass Jewish high school. And most of my friends there were Jewish. So I'm not sure how much that was California, how much that was my, like, really insular teenage experience. But I don't know, people... I'll tell people what I can and can't eat and then they'll forget it immediately or um, people will assume that I had the same experiences that they did growing up that I just did not have or they'll ask really invasive questions all the time and I didn't 
brace myself for that, I guess. I didn't even think about it being an issue. So that's new. That's fantastic. But yeah, I, I've been trying to be less touchy because it's just been driving me a little bit nuts, but people suck. Yeah. I always like, well, uh, I always like kind of relate it to like me now, like trying to interact with Catholics or all of the Catholics mm, yeah, that I like, totally. grew up around and being like, yeah, no, not really my jam. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I can imagine that. And it's like, ugh, but I don't even like want to mention it because then it's a whole conversation. Yeah, it's a whole big deal. Like, you can't make it not be a big deal. Yeah, yeah. It's like, could you be Jill? <laughs> For just like one no. second. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so uh, when we are talking, if we had to uh, parse Nathaniel, the whole individual yeah. being down into um, the fun subcategories what would you say are like the three kind of um or not even necessarily three but like the most important ones um in terms of the way that you either view the world or view yourself or Mm. navigate certain um aspects of life if that question makes sense sure i mean i'm trans i'm gay i'm jewish like i think those are the ones that i feel like I need to talk about the most. I don't generally talk about the fact that I'm mentally ill a lot because that's very, very personal for me, you know? So I don't, I don't usually bust that one out until I know the other person is as well. And then I'll know if they yeah, understand. No, for real. <laughs> you know? I'm just like, all right, can I make a depression joke? I know. That's always the question. Like, are they gonna think I need help or are they gonna <laughs> say mood? And I need to know beforehand. <laughs> no, for real. Um, yeah. So have those... Uh, like three sort of things always been like super I don't want to say like formative because that's not the right word but super like influential in like your life I guess as soon as I knew yeah yeah that makes sense well even then too I'm just like oh like looking back on things even when I didn't know I was just like oh that makes so much more sense now yeah I did have that experience I have a a different trans experience than a lot of trans people I know, which is that I was like, I wasn't happy before, but it also like, wasn't, it didn't feel like now I need to go retroactively be like, I was a boy from the very beginning. Like I don't feel that urge in the same way a lot of my peers do. So I have a hard time talking about when I was a kid and growing up because obviously something was going on, but because that wasn't the language I was using about myself then. And I don't want to like go back and erase all the work I did just because it wasn't the right work or it wasn't the right thing that was happening. Like, I still think it's important the way that I grew yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like there's, I think specifically in LGBT spaces, there's kind of like a societally accepted narrative. Um, yeah, the born this way bullshit. <laughs> Fuck you, Lady Gaga. I love her, um, but shit. I know. Like, ugh. Great for 2011 or whatever that happened. But <laughs> yeah. God caused some problems down the line. It did cause some uh, problems. <laughs> I don't think she could. I don't think anyone could have anticipated the problems that that would cause. Oh, my God. God uh, knows I didn't. <laughs> no, for real. Uh, uh, but so, I guess just for... Uh, listeners who like might not know um we talk about 
societally accepted narratives and normally um, being gay or being trans is viewed through, um, if you're gay, cis, white, middle class men. Um, My favorite demographic. (laughs) Pardon? My favorite demographic. I'm sorry. Please keep going. (laughs) Gotta love them. Or if you're trans, if you are a, honestly, I would say like upper middle class white trans woman more than anything else. Yeah, that's the Um, one. So, again, (laughs) I speak with no authority on that subject, but. No, it's so real. um, It's so real. And the kind of accepted narrative in both of those cases is that like, I came out of the womb knowing and even if I didn't understand it was always been there and it's always been a part of me and that is a perfectly like acceptable and awesome and important like backstory (laughs) to have yeah but it's also not indicative of like the hugely complicated ways that a lot of people go through learning about their gender or um their sexuality um and because it's easy for like cis straight people to wrap their minds around it's like oh you are either gay or trans hardly ever both (laughs) Um, and you figured that out this way and if you claim to be those things and have a different experience then you are not either lying about it or you're just like not real (laughs) so yep that's fun um i didn't mean to like go on about no you're fine that's uh, a really important thing that people need to know um but uh and so how do you um because we were talking about like um you as like a whole person how do you think that you're um different like categorizations interact with each other um just because like i know being white and being a woman being a cis woman yeah um have like huge impacts on the way that i look at the world even though only one of those is a quote-unquote marginalized identity yeah um well they all bounce around kind of like pinballs you know they (laughs) they all definitely interact all the time like i didn't use the word gay to describe myself until this year, actually. I was sort of nebulously queer for a very long time, and I wasn't really comfortable until I think I was more comfortably settled in my gender identity. So, like, until I solidly knew that I was a man and the kind of relationships I wanted to have for relationships that men would have with men, um, as soon as I was, like, able to let myself have that as a man, um... I couldn't be gay and I really couldn't be a man either. Like I needed to be both at the same time before I could feel really settled. Like being some like bisexual non-binary entity was fine when I wasn't happy. But like now that I've been happier and getting more in touch with who I am, it's been easier to be settled on something. And I don't know that there are a lot of non-binary bisexual queer folks who are like really happy and living a really good life. But that was just not my truth. And I needed to find Shout that. Shout out to Lex. They're getting interviewed later for this oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Hi. <laughs> yeah. That's, and yeah, that no. works for so many people. And I'm really, really happy for them. And that's one of the ways that I got to discover my own identity. But that just did not work for me. Yeah. It's crazy. It's almost like 
people grow and change and learn more <laughs> things about themselves and it doesn't make their experience as identifying as something else any less valid completely try and pull some rachel joel is all bullshit yeah but, i saw it <laughs> oh no i i tried to and i just <laughs> anyway yeah what's um, up oh uh you don't necessarily have to talk about this if you don't want to but oh uh, that's not a promising opener i'm answer. so sorry <laughs> no no i i I, I just don't know how comfortable you are talking sure, about it. Sure, let's go. Talking about it. So um, identifying as, um, or not identifying as, being Jewish, do you view yourself as someone who is, like, non-white? or? Oh, God. Because there, there is, like, a... I'm moving my hands around I see on a it. podcast it's very, to try it's and very make extreme. sense of what I'm trying uh, to say. Every single Jewish person has a different answer for this question, and I feel like some Jews have like multiple answers to this question. It sucks. It fucking sucks. Here's my problem. My problem is that I have a lot of white privilege, and I feel a desperate need to acknowledge that all the time. But the fact that um, like a white supremacist group would not view me as white or want me to be there and would probably want to enact violence on me makes it hard for me to say that I am the same level of white that non-Jewish white people are. So like on forms and stuff, I'll take out white and then I'll take out other and I'll write in Jewish. It's an and sort of situation for me. Like there are some Jewish people that are extremely white passing, but do not feel like they are white. And it's a huge intercommunity issue. I don't feel cool with people from the outside painting everybody with the same brush, but I also don't feel comfortable looking at these white Jews being like, I'm Jewish, therefore I am a person of color at the same level of every other black person. And I'm like, oh, please don't say that. Please don't do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's my place to... Uh, my best friend is black and Jewish. We went to the same high school, actually. So I feel like I probably, if I hadn't like spent as much time dissecting Jewish identity with her over the years, I probably wouldn't have as rich of a perspective on this particular issue. I don't be like, yo, my best friend's black, so I know what's up. But also, like, I don't know, I feel like I've thought about it a lot more. But I feel like there are a lot of white Jews who don't interact with a lot of people of color, Jewish or not, and who have this weird perspective of this enormous chip on their shoulder all the time that I don't think is entirely deserved. Like, I don't think that white Jews need to say that they're just as white as everybody else, because I don't think that's true. But I also think that they can't say that they are oppressed for their color the same way that people of color are, because we look and act in society at the same level as other white people, except for when it comes down to white nationalists or other things like we're obviously oppressed for our religion but on an ethnic level but it is not like racism and it's different and i feel like we need to talk about that it's like race is a construct or something yeah crazy it's almost like whiteness has never been a stable category it isn't it just never is it never is it's just so bad (laughs) (laughs) crazy um yeah uh does that answer your question i don't know yes that 100 percent answers my question um I appreciate you answering it. I hope I didn't like freak you out too much when I was just like, Listen. no, it's cool. Just don't talk about Israel and we're good. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> um, so moving kind of on. Yeah, sure. Um, so 
what are your kind of, um, the next question that I have talks about like what privileges you and what disadvantages you, um, about your identity. But I think a more nuanced question would be, how do you think that, um, your privileges and your disadvantages, um, interact with each other? And when do you think one kind of overpowers another? Yeah. All right. So this year, as I've been transitioning more medically, um, I've been passing more. And that's the first time in my life where that's happened, which is kind of wild. But it's also come with a new set of strange issues. Like I'm not getting catcalled anymore. And when I enter a space with my female friend, I know it's exciting. <laughs> like when I enter a space with my <laughs> female friends, like, oh. like uh, at a restaurant, the server will address me first, which I think is fucking crazy. And this like lady at the figure skating rink tried to hand me hockey skates. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Don't give me those. Um, Furthermore, do you not see how gay I am? Do you think that I am playing hockey? Look at me. I am look at, at an ice me. rink and I am a gay man. What do you think I'm here to do? Do I need to wear Yuri on ice merch to like, be given the respect I deserve? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Acknowledge me. <laughs> so that's been wild. And I've been having to confront a lot of complicated feelings about that. Because the fact that I'm presenting extremely masculinely now. I mean, as much as a femme gay as myself can present masculinely, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Um, so as much as that's happening, that doesn't erase the 17, 18 years I spent living as a vulnerable, um, woman presenting person. So it's hard. It's really hard. The privilege that I have now feels very tenuous and also, um, very reliant on other people's, uh, perception of me. So it doesn't, if it's just a really, really weird relationship, you know? And then that comes with white privilege, which also feels very uh, uncertain at any moment, whether or not that's going to be something I'm given or something I'm taken away. So really, really just depending on the level of Jewish that I'm presenting. Like I've been wearing a kippah sometimes this year, and sometimes I'm not because <laughs> it's the Midwest and there were some hate crimes on campus. So I stopped doing that. But uh, Are you for real? Yeah, there was some Nazi graffiti put on here can you can you give me one sec ems i just heard a knock at the door no no you're good lex has gotten me hooked on and that's why we the uh and that's why we drink podcast and this is where they would insert elevator music and it's playing in my head so that's terrifying hi i'm back okay <laughs> um but no i i'm always kind of jarred by uh shit that happens on on college campuses because it's like it doesn't feel like the real world quite as much oh yeah absolutely and but then it's like oh no no it's here <laughs> um but yeah there was there was a nazi graffiti that ended up happening uh when i was a freshman at mizzou and there was like defacement of the black culture center yeah yeah and i just remember this being like could you just like i just i just it's very strange because it's such like an insular, especially where Mizzou was, like it's such an insular um, place where like the entire town is essentially defined by the college. That's the and same so, for Iowa City where I'm going to school. Like uh, 
if you go a couple miles off campus, like, okay, on campus, everyone is pretty liberal, basically. You see a lot of, um, you know, coexist bumper stickers and shit. But you go a couple, I know, I have my own problems with that too. But you go a couple miles off campus and you see Trump signs everywhere and you just start feeling really unsafe. So as long as you stay in this one bubble, you're chill. Except then the stuff from the outside starts coming in. So I stopped wearing my kippah around um, a couple weeks after Yom Kippur because that was when shit started getting sprayed on the walkways and stuff. And I was getting like alerts on my phone like, yo, this area is going to get closed off. It's because of white nationalists stay away. I'm like, okay, great. Nazis on campus where I live. So. Do you remember? Not do you remember? (laughs) What? But like. (laughs) <laughs> like TPT to when we were trying to get people to stop using the term feminazi. Oh fuck that! Absolutely fuck that! And now we can't get people to call actual Nazis <laughs> Nazis. Oh fuck! I hadn't even thought of that. That sucks. <laughs> I just I think about that like yeah too frequently. <laughs> also, have anyway. this huge problem with people like the rhetoric of oh yeah punch Nazis. I'm like none of you would. Literally none of you would do that. Yeah. Stop saying yeah. that start talking about the action you're actually going to be doing instead of pretending you're Captain America. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. It's like, um, are are you (laughs) punch your local Nazi? Are you joining Antifa? Um, yeah, literally like, like what is, are you willing to risk your like potential freedom and or monetary, uh, wealth to, like hit your monetary wealth ems your monetary wealth listen i am running on three hours of sleep (laughs) and like three shots of espresso this morning which is not enough three shots of espresso are you dying nathaniel (laughs) i have something to tell you (laughs) why i frequently drink five shots of espresso every morning listeners if you could see his face (laughs) i am so concerned for your health um, anyway, we were talking about something. Nazis. Slightly. It was Nazis. We were talking about oh, Nazis. Yeah, I was going to say, it was definitely something with more gravity than my caffeine intake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh... Yeah, the language people are and are not willing to use for these extremely violent people is really upsetting. And then equally upsetting is the people who use it and then aren't willing to back it up with actual action. I think both are very insidious. And makes me feel unsafe in every situation. Like people who say, like who, it's the same people who will like add on to posts where turfs have taken it over and then like yelled at them. But then by doing that, they give them a platform. Like it's the same level of leftist liberal like blindness for how their tone actually comes across. You know, it's the... Well, because it's all super performative. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Performative. Like attention seeking. Mm-hmm. Um, again, said it once and I'll say it again. I am all out of cookies. I'm so sorry, but I do not have one for you. So please. Yeah. Enough. <laughs> yeah, literally. I, it's the same people who like want a pat on the back for not misgendering their friends or they want, they want, they use their allyship as an identity instead of something that they're actively doing. You only get your ally pin when you have completed 32 actual acts, which we can call helpful (laughs) in some small way. The real allies don't need a pat on the back. They do it because they know it's the right thing to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I was listening to um, this podcast called Season of the Bitch, which is... That sounds amazing. um, Listen, I love all of them. Uh It's so good. They had um, an organizer on, and she said um, a line that I have, like, been thinking about a ton, um, which is, I don't want allies, I want accomplices. Mm, I love that. Like, I love that. I know. I know. That I is was just, excellent. Like, I that, and I was just, like, like, I was the, like, whatever, fourth-level cosmic exploding <laughs> brain. <laughs> Galaxy brain. That's like, you. Yes. Yes. I was like, this is, this is what, this is what we've been waiting for. Um, yeah. That's a really perfect way of putting it. Like you should be standing together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, and it's super interesting because you mentioned how, um, your identities can be tenuous. Yeah. Like how there's like a push and pull with that. And like for so many allies, um, <laughs> yep. they're, they're like basic civility is tenuous on the way that they are treated um where it's it's so it's like if me entering this space makes you uncomfortable or if you are not willing to cater to me despite you being the marginalized person here yeah i am revoking my my allyship yeah it's just a it's it's i just thought that that was interesting especially because like your what you were talking about is dependent on other people and the way that allies behave is entirely de- like dependent upon themselves. Ooh, I like that. That's a really good connection you're making, I think. Oh, thank you. Um, it's almost like you're <laughs> one of the smartest fucking people I know or something. <laughs> um, um, what, what's your kind of stance? I don't want to say stance, but how do you think about um, the way um, that language and social standing um interact because like i use the example of like for me figuring out that bisexuality was a thing with a name when i was a sophomore in high school yeah (laughs) was like so hugely important and like just having that was like so formative and like a huge step but i know for a lot of people it can be like kind of well, now I need to have a word for everything, or now I need to be able to explain everything verbally, um, and it can be, like, more stressful. Um, so how have you kind of found yourself navigating? Well, yeah. Well, like I said, I didn't call myself gay until this year. Um, and by, I meant the school year, because <laughs> I live on semesters now. What is an actual physical year? Don't know. Um, but yeah, this fall semester... I, it was weird. I like opened my mouth and the word came out, but that was the first time that it happened. I have this weird... Did it come out of the closet? That was your mouth? Fuck you. Yes, it did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I could see you leaning into that one, just like getting ready, being poised to make me listen to that pun. I hated it. Um, yeah, but I've got this weird attraction and repulsion from labels. I bounce back and forth all the time because... Um, with labels comes this desire to know that you're not the only one that's feeling the way you do. There are other people who have the same issues and the same strengths and the same feelings and that you aren't some freak alone in it. But then also what the label means to you is going to inevitably be different from what it means to someone else. And it's never exactly the same. And there aren't always the right words to describe what's going on in your heart. And 
sometimes the act of trying can make it be reduced to something like more watered down than what it actually is. So I think it's important to find some kind of middle ground where you don't like make yourself call yourself something you're not, or you don't try to fit yourself into a label or a box that does not fit you. But also you can... So long as you're safe to do so. Exactly. Absolutely. As long as you're safe to do so. Like figuring out the balance of using the words that are real and true and also giving yourself room to discover shit about yourself you don't know. And I think that's extremely difficult and a lot more difficult than the community talks about, I think. And I wish that people used more words like bisexual or pansexual or the different trans identities. But I also worry about the own experience I had in my uh, health class in high school where they flashed a bunch of identities like on a PowerPoint and didn't really talk about them at all. And I don't know, I don't think either of those is the right approach, you know? I just imagine it like in some kind of MK Ultra brainwashing <laughs> sequence. I mean, it was just, just a dumb PowerPoint, but it That's sucked. That's how we indoctrinate people. Oh my God, I yeah. figured it out. I went to fucking hippie school in California, all right? <laughs> so strange. Yeah. You're so, you're so exotic. Exotic. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I'm being facetious. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not funny. You're funny. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> um, and then kind of, I, so then there's the, also this kind of debate or not debate. Blah. People argue about, <laughs> uh, whether or not. Uh, men should call themselves feminists or feminists, feminist allies. Oh, Lord. Or, you know, all that kind of bullshit. Um, What's my stance on that? Is that what you want to know? I, I, well, no, I just, because there is, I think a, I think you take on a like new sort of, um, I don't want to say perspective because you've had a similar perspective, but um or people view your authority on feminism differently when you're a dude. Yeah, um, I think I do have a pretty unique perspective on that one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say either people take you so much more seriously when you say the most basic shit or like a lot of people don't really care to listen to what you have to say. Yeah, it's a little both. I would most likely fall into that category. <laughs> like I'm just very tired of men speaking. Absolutely. But there's uh, like a nuance that goes with that and like obviously like hashtag not all men I know. oh don't even bother um, yes all men <laughs> but but i i would am kind of just like interested to hear you talk about how or if that has kind of changed for you at all the language that i use about it has definitely shifted i don't actively call myself a feminist as much i don't use that word as much because i don't feel like it's my word to have and i don't really want to put myself in those spaces because I don't think I belong there. It's just like, I don't go to the women's bathroom anymore. Like, I don't know. I feel like as soon as I stopped using the women's bathroom, I kind of stopped calling myself a feminist in the same breath. I support feminism and I support women, obviously, like, duh. And I support feminist issues, but um, it's one of those actions speak louder kind of situations. The kind of men that call themselves feminists are not the kind of men I want to be aligned with, honestly. Like, the ones that use it for woke points and then don't actually stop yelling around their female friends. It's like those guys, like I don't want to be one of them. I do have a problem with the way that 
cis women in particular um, cut trans men out of reproductive rights conversations. I'm feeling very attacked right now. Um, <laughs> no, it's, I'm not talking about you in particular. No, I'm no, I'm joking. Good, thank God. No, you were just like, you said the word cis yeah, women, you, and I'm just like... you, fuck you. What, what would a, a rad femme turf <laughs> say right and now? And promise me you'll never get the bangs. Swear to me right now. Listen, they're growing out right now. I need, do need to get them cut, but like, they're never going to be shorter than my eyebrows. Listen. They're cute. I like them. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think cis women have a problem when they cut trans men out of like bodily rights conversations because there are a lot of trans men that still menstruate and stuff and need birth control stuff and i think that trans and who can not be taken seriously by doctors when they talk about their like if we're talking like specifically reproductive yeah. stuff like people get ovarian cancer like it's true or breast cancer uh, or yeah and like that shit's not taken seriously and absolutely absolutely true yeah um, but even just like your average Joe on the street be like, you can't talk about that. And I'm like, actually, I still need Tom Pampons. Please stop. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think there's a weird um, disconnect. Like, I know a lot of women want to be like, yeah, all men. And because you're, you identify as a man, I got to put you in that category too of men who don't get it. Which is kind of hard for me because... Like, I did live a life as a mostly grown woman for a while, and I do actually know how that feels, and I do actually have some trauma from that, like, in my life. And I don't, I think it is extremely reductive to be like trans men because they identify as men immediately, just that second, doesn't matter how well they pass, doesn't matter how they identify, as soon as they are like, yeah, I'm a dude, they have exactly the same privileges as cis men. I think that's not okay, and that's really hard for me particularly in conversations about feminism. Yeah, and and I know that the whole, like I, this reminds me of when I, uh, when the first women's march happened and I like made a post on Tumblr where I was just like, now that we've all gotten out of it out of our system, could we please stop with the like centering of our action around vaginas? Oh God, please. And, <laughs> and like, are all of our iconography around vaginas and everyone, or not everyone, but I had a bunch of people responding. And being I think like, I saw to those anons. It sucked. Yeah, it was, it, it was like, uh, women are shamed for like having these. And I'm just like, I didn't say that they weren't. And like, uh, and I simply asked that we not categorize a movement about women entirely by genitals because yeah well also it's like yeah i mean and also it's like where did i say that i didn't care about reproductive justice absolutely where did i like where did i say that i didn't care about bodily autonomy why is drawing like a cartoon like fucking pussy on a sign how what what does that do for for you know to try and end trap laws or stop forced sterilization of women in prison what is what is what does that do for you what does that do yeah i have a problem because like on the one hand there are so many women who don't have those who will then feel extremely ostracized and then also my vagina is not a woman's issue you know like i don't want it's, yeah. it's hard it's really hard it's just yeah i just and i and i was just like i cannot like i could deal with people after like you know a day or so of <laughs> discourse tm discourse um 
discourse. Yeah, that one. Um, yeah, that one. Uh, and I can't even imagine what it would be to, like, be so directly affected by it. It sucks. Like, trying to, to, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Uh, <laughs> but, but just the combativeness with which people approach it and, like, Listen, also, I get that social media is a public platform, but I also, like, didn't ask. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know, like, do you just, like, if a stranger says something in another person's conversation and you don't know them, do you come up and try and, like, have an argument with them? No, you don't. Like, just leave it and go. Yeah. I just, if something really needs to be called out, then, like, obviously, that's what should be done. But, like, if someone's trying to have... <laughs> if someone's making like an innocuous statement about how we should include more people in social justice movements, like maybe just chill. <laughs> yeah, just chill for like a minute. Breathe, go outside, drink some water, water your plants. I don't know. Yeah, but so um, would you say that you've had, um, not even just in terms of your own identity, but in terms of like, I guess, either worldview or... Um, ideology have you had like a huge you know like journey tm that someone like myself would uh say yeah i was like a raised in like a pretty conservative area and like was raised very much in the catholic church and now i you know am a marxist bisexual feminist who like once who practices witchcraft and wants to like eat your children or something so (laughs) well okay it's interesting okay i did grow up in the bay area so i was already given a bit of a leg up with social justice um my father and i have an extremely close and good relationship which i know a lot of my friends don't have um wow what's it like well it's you know it's great but you know then there's my mom so it's like you know it's the (laughs) trade-off uh (laughs) So it balance <laughs> homeostasis. We got it. Uh-huh. Bisexual culture is not getting along with either of these parents. <laughs> That's what the bi means. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I grew up seeing a dude who was soft and gentle and like cries at rom coms and like he's precious. He's wonderful and um, wasn't afraid to talk about women's issues and is already always sending me like fucking think pieces and shit about like trans rights and whatever i mean he's not always the most um up to date with terminology and stuff but he always wants to learn and grow and i think that was the most important part for me growing up is seeing that so i think having that kind of role model in my life helped me know that i didn't have to perform toxic masculinity in order to be a guy that i could be a soft guy and that would be all right so the journey that i've gone on i mean like i'm white so i had to learn how to not be a racist piece of shit but i feel like everybody does who's white and grows up so like i don't know i feel like the journey i've gone on has been less strenuous than some journeys i've seen my friends go on so i don't know so you just you just went from like mainstream democratic party to to a fucking you know, commie yeah you know <laughs> basically yeah <laughs> i was gonna say so it's like all right so we've just you know swung entirely to the left yeah yeah um my parents are hardcore Democrats. I'm just like, uh, uh, more. So. <laughs> a 
like, yes, vote the way that I like need you to, but also at the same time, like, yeah, push for. I know. Push for something else. We can do better. We can do better than this. It's like you're so close. I know. It's like please just fucking move that one inch. Yeah, I know. I'm trying. I think I can probably talk Um, my dad around to being a socialist democrat, but I'm working on it. Yeah, no. It's yeah. It's also very strange um, because. My parents are, like, very, like, middle of the road, but they always vote Democrat because both of their parents were in unions. And yeah. So then the social stuff, too, like, they're not, like, assholes. So they're like, oh, yeah, no, everyone, like, live their life the way that they should. And, like, racism's definitely a huge problem that, like, we should address and, like, you know, all that sort of thing. But when it comes to, like, trans and LGBT stuff, trans and LGBT stuff. I hate myself. Yeah, yeah. Trans and neo-lesbian, bisexual, gay, tomatoes. Yes. Um, uh, What was I saying? Oh, but when it comes to, I guess, issues of gender identity and sexuality, it's kind of like, yeah, like, everyone have their rights, but, like, do it over there. Ah, yeah, love that. Love that. Not being able to predict how someone who presents democratic presents like you know masculine democratic feminine democratic we just don't know um but like if someone who who puts themselves forward as a democratic person um you you just can't tell how they're gonna react about a bunch of different things like my mom was cool with me being queer and then was really not cool with me being trans and uh she's come around but it did take a long time and a lot of like concentrated effort on my part to make her see that it was not a different of an issue you know, every time I try to do something medically, she flips her lid. But, um, <laughs> like, I think that Democrats have this weird, like, silence or quietness where you can't really tell what they actually think about things unless they're confronted with them directly in their families. Like, there's like this, oh, everything's fine. And then it happens to them and they're like, actually, fuck this. And you can never really tell where that tipping point is. And I think that's really stressful. It could be yeah. worse, but also it could be so much better. Yeah, that's the... Yeah, that's always the the sort of thing where it's just like, like, yes, vote for the candidate who I think is, like, going to protect me legislatively, um, but also, like, are you gonna be part of the reason why, like, I need a shelter? <laughs> oh, like, specifically for, uh, like, people of my community? Like, is that a thing? Yeah. Or, like, yep. what? Um, but, and, and that is one thing that has been, like, I don't want to say silver lining, because, like, everything is still shit, um, but one helpful um, uh, uh, outcome of, you know, the Republican Party essentially uh, going off Self-destructing. The um, yes, um, is that it's very easy to uh, say that people who vote that way think certain things even if they may not necessarily be um conscious of it themselves yeah or um it's easier to say okay maybe like you and your heart of hearts really don't think that you're a racist (laughs) or whatever but you're voting for things that uh, you're voting for candidates who propagate like racist legislation so like either you actively support that which makes you a racist or <laughs> you don't or you don't care about that which also makes you a racist yeah it's true i think i mean 
what you actually like think about yourself in your heart of hearts doesn't actually do anything for anybody. Because clan members don't view themselves as racist. No one thinks they're the villain. Yeah. What you do, that's what matters, not what you think. I feel that extremely strongly. Yeah. And that's also not to say that like intentions never matter. Oh, sure. Obviously, like that, that, you know, people talk about impact versus intent and like impact definitely outweighs intent all the time but like but it does it makes the difference between someone who's doing it because they're evil and doing it because they don't know better yeah which definitely matters and can like people can learn and change it's just you don't have to forgive somebody if they say something shitty even if they didn't mean to do it holy shit fucking every single person you are not obligated to expend emotional energy or forgive people or whatever if you are not in a place where you are able to handle it absolutely pro tip (laughs) thanks for the pro Um, tip but yeah uh you know psa everyone just so you know uh especially all, all all my all my christians out there uh turning the other cheek doesn't mean what you think it means um so yeah i uh i I don't know. I also kind of want to ask, um, sure. Uh, because I like met you through the internet and you have like a, 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 an internet presence, if you will. Um, yeah. Do you know how embarrassing it is when your new college friends find out you're kind of Tumblr famous? It is the most embarrassing (laughs) thing ever. I want to die every time it happens. (laughs) They're like, like, wait, wait. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just like, listen. <laughs> uh, like, I wish, I wish I could be like, no, not me, but it's me. <laughs> I can't help it. I hate it. Um, well, but I, I do want to ask though, how, how do you think, you know, being super present um, online has affected you in like any aspect, um, but like particularly, particularly. I know how to say words, um, (laughs) uh, particularly in areas of like self-identity and like political alignment and things like that. Well, if I wasn't good at dealing with assholes before, I sure am now. (laughs) So that did, you know, trial by fire a little bit, uh, have had to turn it on off on many occasions, but, um, I've only done it once. You're braver than I am. I know. Well, I also am less Tumblr famous, and also I've been on there a lot less, but it was after the Uh, election, and I made a post, like, being like, hey, white people, maybe don't get angry at people of color who were like, fuck white people after this election. (laughs) I mean, if you look at the margin of the way black people voted as opposed to white people voted, like, you can't, you can't say shit, white people, just be quiet. Yes. Uh. Um, you know, we need to chill uh but sorry please continue uh yeah Um, well dealing with assholes turning off anonymous (laughs) a weird switch happened a couple years ago so i've been on since 2013 yeah someone needs to put me out of my misery and get me off that (laughs) hell site um but i started out as a baby trans guy and now people like i and i was like really uninformed i didn't know shit and i was going to people for help all the time and i like i needed support and then now i'm a resource and I didn't, I couldn't tell you when that happened, but uh, it is the most humbling honor ever, like, to have these t- 
teenage trans kids sending me asks and, 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 and messages and wanting advice on how to talk to their parents or their doctors or whatever. And I'm like, I do have information and I can help them, which is almost as freaky as the rest of it. But um, that has really shaken me up, especially recently that like people know me and can come and know that they can come to me and that they trust me. And I've gone from someone who's worrying about like bothering some of my issues to like worrying about like, am I worthy of their trust kind of deal. And that, I mean, I guess that's growing up, but um, that's really helped me. The fact that I'm like, I've turned into the mentor that I wanted when I was younger. So that has really affected me as I've become more comfortable in my identity. Um, so seeing a lot of people going through the same shit I'm going through, so useful. Um, seeing other people like living and being happy with how they're living and doing the same shit I'm doing makes me feel less inherently broken. So that's why I'm still here. And so I haven't quit because there's a lot of bullshit on that stupid fucking website but there are also a lot of really good people and I guess that's why I've stuck around there's a lot of bullshit everywhere accurate (laughs) (laughs) just seas of it Mm -hmm. Um, yeah but yeah no I think that like makes a ton of sense I've not been on for as long I think oh fuck did I join in like 2014 yeah, That's yeah. I know, it's horrible, isn't it? It's a really, really bad realization. I don't like that. Um, but I was not, I, I very much did not have any kind of a following for a majority of. Yeah. And then it kind of happened one day, and I was just like, what the fuck? Um, it's because you said smart things and people liked it. <laughs> well, I was just like, no, it was because I made friends with someone who had way more followers than me, and they reblogged a <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you get in. That happened to me, too networking yeah um, no. i can do it when i don't have to talk to people to their face i can do it on the internet <laughs> but um i wish i could put that on my resume runs a captain america blog that people like yeah <laughs> no uh, uh <laughs> engages in discourse it doesn't turn off anonymous <laughs> asterisk most of the time shut the fuck up that's literally me <laughs> um but it, it was, like, especially because I wasn't super, like, when people talk about growing up with the internet, like, I had a desktop computer, like, in my house for most yeah. of my life. I didn't get, like, any kind of, and it was, like, out in the open, so I didn't get any kind of, like, actual internet access until I was in, uh, uh, was in high school. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I had the internet, it's just that, like... You know, my parents were, like, in the room next to me. Like, it was... You know how we how you had, like, a computer room? Yeah. Mm. When you were younger? Absolutely. Our computer room was in the kitchen. Like, it was just a, a like, windowsill in the kitchen. So it was like, well, <laughs> I guess I'll play another video game, I guess. So the whole aspect of, like, making friends online and blah, 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 blah was not ever something that I was, like, super familiar with, um, because every person online is a scary old man who wants to hurt you. Is, Street is that, smarts. Is, is that me? <laughs> Street <laughs> smarts. 
Ems, am I the scary old man you were warned about? You're younger than me, so no. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> uh, but I think it also kind of, you know, people talk about like millennials. We're going to get into this. People oh, talk yeah. About, Do it. Like, Pull that trigger. Millenn- <laughs> millennials being like, um, you know, the first generation to kind of grow up so connected um, to like the entirety of the world. Maybe not the world in its entirety, but you have access to the world. Yeah. And I think that like, you know, goods and bads. Um, but there's like something, I don't know. I think that this is just going to like be me armchair philosophizing. Um, go for it. I'm so ready. No, no. But I think that, that, I know you're only, like, a year or two younger than me, but, like, I don't know, it, it, it is very, like, weirdly, like, makes me feel very tender, just, like, because I was able to, like, see you, like, become a happier person, or, like, see, like, other Oh, yeah, people you knew me in my hella depressed years, that is yeah. wild, you saw, like, the whole thing happen. Yeah, and, and, or, like, see, and seeing other people, like... I don't know. I think that there's a, a, a kind of empathy and a kind of joy that that maybe not all of us, but a lot of us have developed just by being able to see other people's growth and people's like journey, journey, God, to uh, to like living a better life than where they were before. It's a and different it's like kind a of very, intimacy. Like, nuanced kind of. Yeah. Not nuanced, but like I think it's very a very specific like, emotional, um, response, uh, cause, like, I technically don't know you. You know me a little, come on. Well, yeah, but, like, you know what I'm saying? But, like, yeah. to a lot of people, like, we know each other, like, in passing, mm. but, like, it makes me so happy to see you update about, like, your life and stuff like that, and it makes me so happy to see, like, people, like, Lex updating, um, like things on their job or like people getting new apartments or things like that. Um, and I just don't think that a lot uh, that like older generations have that, which is if I, something that I wonder, like, is that where the empathy gap kind of comes in? It might be, it might but, be because it's a different, different kind of intimacy, but it's still extremely intimate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really, really agree with that. Thanks. <laughs> um, it makes me happy when I see your life updates too, by the way. Oh, uh, thanks. Um, they've all been pretty <laughs> recently, so. I know, but I care. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I think I've kind of covered most of my questions. Maybe. Oh, cool. Uh, but, oh, uh, final ending thing. Uh, yeah. If you wanted to plug yourself on the internet wherever you may be um or also uh recommend any kind of organization that people look into um or any media that people should consume whether it's like educational and like you know Mm -hmm. thought provoking or whether or not it's just like a bop that you want people to listen to (laughs) go for it oh shit this is hard um well, I recently got hella into the adventure zone and that is sick as hell if you like Dungeons and Dragons and gays do that. Um, it's an it's a D&D podcast. It's so stupid. I really like it. No, I'm aware of what it is and like 
If you want a D&D crash course, I'm happy to give it to you, but also just fucking listen to it. It's so good. <laughs> it gets better also as it goes. The first arc is kind of rough, but it gets so much better. Um, yeah, I think there are a lot of Jewish resources I have that, uh, I mean, I don't know off the, off the top of my head, but I know that if you're a trans Jewish kid, check out Trans Torah. It's a website. Um, it's really good for figuring out being trans and Jewish and also like negotiating stuff with a text. So look at that. That's educational. That's good. And then I can recommend a song that's been stuck in my head for a while, which is, um, well, it's not a song. It's an album. It is super sad and gay like me. Um, <laughs> it's this really obscure band called Trebuchet and they have this um, one album. I'm just going to look it up real fast to make sure I am saying it right. Um, it's called Volt Face, and it is, it's like one of the holiest albums I've ever heard just from the harmonies. It's gorgeous. Listen to it if you want to have a sad experience. Like, the stuff I consider holy can, like, be from being at a Fall Out Boy concert to, like, high holiday services. So it's, like, anywhere in between. And then where are you on the internet for all the fun people who want to If know? you want to find my Tumblr, I'm Jewish Cap because I'm extremely predictable. Look there if you want to watch Captain America making out with any variety of boys. Um, my Twitter is Nathaniel OGK, and my Instagram, if you want to see pictures of all the dogs I meet, is Nathaniel... And tattoos, fun and tattoos. And tattoos, I've got four now, um, is Nathaniel.Orion. So check that out. I am everywhere and i post way too much so have fun with that (laughs) yeah yeah no um and that's kind of it um and then if you want to find the podcast it's uh uh b craft pod the letter b like the insect craft pod on twitter and tumblr and then if you wanted to email the podcast um it's craft and misogyny at gmail.com and um if you wanted to like drop me a five star rating and or review, y'all should do that. Um, I'm not thirsty. Do people even say the word thirsty anymore? Anyway, no, uh, but you can <laughs> go for it. <laughs> oh it's retro, God, retro slang. <laughs> I'm getting old. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, and uh, someone told me that I should also include my links. Um, so I'm soft gloom on Twitter and coffee bisexual on Tumblr. Um, you haven't for the longest time too. I can't remember you ever changing your URL, like except for Halloween, maybe it was definitely for Halloween. Well, because before I was not, I was not hashtag known. Um, and I changed it a lot, but, um, I like, I like, I'm just, you know, I'm loyal to my brand. It suits (laughs) you. It suits you very well. (laughs) But yeah, so I guess, um, I will see you on the internet and also talk to you later. Hell yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Listeners, <sighs> he dabbed. I did. Well, you said you said an, a retro slang, so I had to do a retro slang also. Thanks for having yeah. me on. This is great. I'm so happy that you agreed to do it. Thank you for taking like an hour or however long I've been like chatting your ear off. But yeah. I'll see you later. Bye.